This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horstman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today, we're talking to country star Jordan Davis. Jordan's had a string of country hits like Singles You Up, Take It From Me, Slow Dance in a Parking Lot, and his new song, Almost Maybes. We'll talk to Jordan in a few minutes about whether his wife likes his newly trimmed beard and how he got Hannah B and her new boyfriend on his new music video. But first, if you guys remember, me and Eric were stranded in Austin, Texas, trying to get home, couldn't find a flight out, and uh, we got home thanks to our savior, Rachel. She's joining us now. Rachel, good to see you again. <laughs> good to see you too. Glad it's in different circumstances. Yes, yes very we're different. All home and safe. <laughs> that was the craziest drive I've ever had. And I've done some crazy drives here in Colorado, but damn. You did a good job, Rachel. You, you did a good job driving in that. I don't know about that. It was one of those situations where... It was like a horror movie and those girls are running towards um, the shed with the chainsaws. We were those girls going <laughs> towards the shed. <laughs> so true. Halfway through, I remember we were like 20 miles out of Austin. We were like, what have we done? Like, what were we thinking? It was like a silent knowledge of us kind of all going, we can't go back, but yeah. why are we here? Yeah, We've gone too 20 far. miles and three hours later. Yeah, yeah. It was a long way. But I want to get into how we even got in the car together because I got on my Instagram and I was like, help, like, we need a ride from Austin to Dallas. And your cousin saw it. Is that correct? Yes. So I was likewise scrambling to get a plane, a car, anything. And in the midst of that, my cousin saw your cry for help and <laughs> and offered my assistance and basically just called me and said, hey, I found you a, a, a buddy to ride, to ride to Dallas with. I love how she uh, offered you up. She was like, hey, I have a cousin. She'd love to ride with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Who, who's riding with me? Yeah. <laughs> but really, we saved the day for her because like, that would have been terrifying making oh, that I drive alone. Oh, my gosh. In hindsight, I would have been a nightmare. It would have been a wreck. I don't know what I would have done. You guys really did save the day, but... I feel like I, we were we were able to all just kind of like laugh yeah. about it together because like we were so screwed and so scared and like... <laughs> it was uh it was quite the ride i think i i've been telling like i haven't we haven't really talked about it on a podcast yet but like we had some pretty harrowing moments in that drive well first of all before we get into that though like what were you thinking like letting two strange men in your car <laughs> oh my gosh okay blake <laughs> so many thoughts and i mean my poor mother yeah so your mom i talked to your mom and she was not happy <laughs> He was not happy. As we successively kept going throughout the car ride, I think I had like four different relatives start calling me being like, what's going on? Who are you in the car with? What are you doing? But no. So my cousin offers me up to give you two a ride and I'm in such a panic state, like been stuck in Austin for what, five days without running water or power, which not fun. Just don't ever try it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I have to get out of here. Finally get a car. She says, people are going to ride with you. He's from The Bachelor. I'm like, no, you know, I watch Bachelor. Okay. I, which I thought you were someone else. Who did I think that you oh, were? Oh, yeah, you thought I was. Oh, who did you think I was? Some other bland white guy from The Bachelors who you basically yeah. thought I was. <laughs> so then he shows up. So I meet you, which you were like, let's just meet at Central Market. We, I drive me up to Central Market. I call my friend who's been trying to help me get a car. I'm like, great, got the car. Thank you for helping me. And better yet, 
I'm going to drive with two boys. One of them's from the bachelor, like how fun. And they, they go, I just hear the silence on the other end. They go, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. Like it's going to be great. I'm like, I can't talk. Like I've got to call my mom, hang up, call my mom. I'm like, I'm riding with Blake from the bachelor. I'm going to, I'm going to get home. Finally. She's like, Oh yay. Who's, who's Blake Google's Blake. Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) And then about 30 minutes later, after we meet at central market, we leave and I'm like, Oh, that's not who I thought I was driving with (laughs) figure out. It's actually Blake. (laughs) which I mean, I don't know if I'm just an absolute idiot. Like no one else, please don't drive with random strangers. Yeah. uh, yeah, We don't recommend this. (laughs) Like don't take after me, but I figure out it's Blake. And then about 30 minutes out, we're like, this was a terrible mistake. We all look at each other. We haven't moved at all. We're basically stuck sliding backwards. Semis are sliding backwards at us. Like sandwich between semis. And I start getting all of the calls from the relatives and my mom. It wasn't even calls. This is where I was terrified. Cause I was talking with uh, one of Luke Ryan's people and she was like, Oh my God, I hope she's such a big fangirl. I, I was right her back. I was like, well, she's checking her Instagram and all of her new followers from being tagged in the <laughs> it stories. It blew up pretty quick. <laughs> wow. We're sliding on ice. So I'm terrified. And I'm just like, I'm just sitting in the back seat, not saying anything. I'm like, Oh my God, get off your phone. Get off your phone. I know at one point I look back and I'm like, I think Eric's going to puke. I was, <laughs> I was literally like, I'm going to have to pay a $200 fine cleaning fine on this rental car. <laughs> your mom called at one point and then I got, or I answered your mom's call. She went all full mama bear. She's like, if my daughter doesn't make it, I'm blaming you. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah poor Blake had to, uh, you definitely yeah. bore the brunt of mama bear claws. She was great. She was great. There were two huge moments. I think that we, uh, I don't know if you told your mom, the, the have you told, is she going to listen to this? Now she'll know that you, uh, yeah. the way you drive. Pass out of the back now. <laughs> okay, it's good. So, so the first one was, we were stuck, like I said, we were stuck between semis, behind semis. They were sliding everywhere. And we decided, we just, had just in time gotten off, got on like, I guess a dump road, like a side road, right? Front we rode, rode that yeah. for, yeah, yeah, rode that for a few miles. Um, we were coming up on another like off ramp basically from the interstate and we realized there's two semis stuck at the top and they're kind of sliding backwards and we were like, oh fuck, what do we do? So <laughs> me and Rachel kind of had the same idea. Eric was shitting himself on the back. Me and Rachel had the same idea. We were yeah, like, I'm being the adult you know what? here. Like, <laughs> you know this what? isn't a good idea. If we adulted, we wouldn't have made it home. We would have no. been there. Like, we're, stuck. we're like, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. I, Cause I remember seeing it. Yeah. But it was so definitely there, the best decision we made. Cause yeah. we would have never got to Dallas. No, we would have right? never got to Dallas. We were the only car on the road after that. Cause no other car had the ball. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was throwing up. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a def- different thing. That was about you're to come out. yourself. When we were, you were like, no, 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 no sliding at us we're going backwards on an off-ramp hold on yeah so we we were driving we drove past an off-ramp and me and Rachel kind of look at each other and we're like I think we have to take that off-ramp the wrong way and get back on the interstate so sure enough we rip around it is pure ice we go down the and there's there's I mean, there's semis coming, but they're not flying. Well, they're, sli- they're, like well, they're sliding. An hour. They're yeah, sliding they're like slowly. Three, well, they're coming up towards us, though. They're like, yeah. we're driving on the wrong way towards them. They're going really slow. But yeah, Rachel, like Rachel, semis on ice. Yeah, yeah, we're going. We're, yeah, we're playing chicken with these semis, and Rachel just slams on the slams on the gas, like whips the car, and we fucking slide off <laughs> off the uh, off ramp. And into the interstate. And then we were good for like the next four hours. Like that was the, that saved our life. Like we would have been stuck on that road for God knows how long. 
Yeah, as scary as it was, that was definitely one of the better moves we made. Yeah, we were the only car. We would have been good though. We had our chef boy RD and snacks (laughs) and water. Thanks to that couple, by the way, too. Yeah, highly doubt they're listening, but yeah. But thank you for picking up that tab. Yeah, that was our other was to stop for food until we food and water. Food and water, yeah. Except no gas. There was no gas. We couldn't refill, which was scary. I was like, if we do get stuck out here, we're gonna run out of gas. Which at about that time, I realized I was like, okay, as upset as my entire family is that I'm riding with two strangers in an ice storm, I thought to myself, okay, at this point, if I was alone, stranded, I didn't have cash on me, couldn't buy any food. Thank you for the random stranger that bought us Chef Boyardee at the gas station, which I'm glad I didn't eat that because that did not look yummy. (laughs) That was our our meal that night on our cots at the airport. But imagining myself being stuck on the side of the road, like not being able to eat gas or something. I was like, oh my gosh. I think my knuckles were just like white. I've had stress knots in my back. We were like driving like this. I know for real. It was, it was, it was scary, but we made it. And then how did you get home? Cause you, so you dropped us off at the airport and then yeah, how it did didn't you... end because the rental car place was shut down. Place was shut down. Yeah, well, so before I... we get there, let's also like give Rachel credit because she drove all the way through all the ice and then Blake the decides to take over <laughs> when there's zero ice on the road. Such a macho man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was right? like, I'll take over now. Gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. Such a gentleman. I'm like, where's my rose, Blake? I'm like, I just have a dozen roses from you, bachelor boy, after I drive your ass. You didn't even know my name, Rachel. You didn't even think it was me. She the thought best- it was Chad Johnson. Yeah, yeah. The best part, the best part is he's like, I'm gonna put your Instagram on um public. And then he goes, Wait, uh, Rachel, so do you follow me? Yeah, she didn't even follow me. I was like, you know what? But now we're gonna best friends forever bfs forever now when i come out there to oklahoma one of these days but how did you get back to oklahoma the next day i dropped you all off and as we know as i'm dropping you all off my rental car place at the airport was for some reason closed early um just our luck and so dropped you all off and then i stayed at a friend's house and just dropped off um the next morning and then you made it home the next day all the way to oklahoma city I did. It was not okay. nearly as treacherous as all the drive. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad you made it. And yeah, we're going to come out there. You were saying, maybe I'll play a DJ set out there one of these days. It's going to happen. It's not one of these days. It's going to happen in the near future. We're going to make it happen. It'll be fun. Yep. I've actually haven't been out there in a long time. So, well, you are our savior. You really did save us because I don't know what we wouldn't have gotten out of there until like Saturday or Sunday. So you're the best. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, BFS for life now. Yeah, next time you call me, just don't ask for another icy ride. (laughs) (laughs) Deal, deal. (laughs) All right, coming up, our chat with Jordan Davis, Behind the Rose. Thanks for joining us, Jordan. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. Been looking forward to it. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, me too, man. We got a lot to lot to talk about, a lot to break down, but I wanted to get started, honestly, talking about that beard, man. I am so jealous of that beard. And he's looking fresh right now, listeners. He's got it all trimmed up. It looks good. I've, I've got trimmed it up, obviously, for the Almost Maybe's video, but uh, I got to say, man, I got like a little depression. Like, I kind of want it, like, it's like right after I shaved it, I was like, man, why did I do that? Yeah. I want it back. <laughs> I was saying I was looking at your like album cover and it was man, it was long. Like it doesn't look like it's gonna take long for you to grow that back though. 
No, I, I'm already like, I kind of got hopped out of the shower this morning. I was like, okay, it's just starting to make its way back. We're, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> How long have you been growing a beard? Like, have you always had a beard? Well, like-, like you said, like the the uh, the home state on my album, uh, the first cover, like if I were to get back there from here, dude, that's like that's like four or five months. Like it's, oh, really? it, that was that was an intense, intense beard. But uh, dude, that was long. <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I'll go back to that. I think I'll probably keep it. <laughs> Keep it a little more trim. So, so does the wife like the beard? Is she a big fan of the beard? She likes the trim look because she met me. I, so, me and her met, and I was in a buddy's wedding, and I was, you know, one of the groomsmen. So, I had a I had a buzz cut and a like fresh shaved, like oh. razor shaved face. So, like she met me with like no facial hair or anything, and then like right at, that was like the last time I shaved with a razor, uh, <laughs> and and so she's used to it now. But even when I came home from the video shoot, because obviously I left that morning, had the beard, and then I came home, trimmed up, and she was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I, she's like, "You don't even look like my husband anymore." <laughs> yeah, that's got to be weird. That's funny. She met you like clean shaved though, and then that was yeah. like it. And you're like never gonna see this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> nope, <laughs> that guy's that guy's that guy's long gone. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that then? When did you when did you and your wife meet? We met in 2015, June of 2015. Okay. And you've been married for how long? I've been married for coming up on four years. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. Yep. That's great. So this uh, new song here is Almost Maybe. Was this kind of written, I guess, you know, with her in mind? Or what was the process writing that song? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of, uh, you know, I, I wrote it with two of my friends, Hillary Lindsay and uh, Jesse Frazier. And I, I think Hillary had the idea and uh, this kind of like, idea of like every breakup kind of brings you closer to the one that, that you eventually you're going to stick with. And, uh, you know, I love that idea. I love the, the title. Um, and, but I didn't want to write it that kind of slow, sappy, sad, you know, way. So, uh, I'm, I mean, we just work really hard on trying to keep it kind of up tempo and fun. And, uh, but there's definitely a few of those situations in the verses that were very true. <laughs> uh, yeah. definitely got dumped in a Baton Rouge bar. Um, you know, I had a girlfriend that my family absolutely adored, but just didn't feel right. Um, and luckily enough, you know, I was able to, I think probably they were probably happy they got out of it too. Uh, <laughs> we were able to end those relationships and, you know, I met Kristen and now we've got a beautiful baby girl and um, all is right with the world. Yeah. And the baby girl, she's just over a year now, right? Yeah, she's coming up on uh, 15 months. So, uh, man, she's growing up quick, which has been an amazing thing with the, obviously, you know, it's the silver lining of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, so many people in the industry that have had to tour a lot and been on the road a lot. Uh, but man, to be home for that those first, that first year and get to see the first steps. And, you know, now she's getting to where she's saying a few words. And, oh, um, cool. you know, there's a good chance that I, I would have been gone. You know, I'd have been somewhere uh, playing music and, and would have missed those things or had to catch them over FaceTime. Uh, so um, that, that that has been one of the, the positives of being at home. Yeah, there's been some some little blessings, I think, through all of this. And I think a lot of that comes from the live entertainment industry. Like, I know I know a lot of musicians also who are like, OK, uh, never been home this long with my family. Ready to get back on the road kind of thing. You know, there's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, a lot of honeydews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to learn because, I mean, we got married and immediately I took off for radio tour. And so we've never really spent this much time together. Like it's been like a thing of relearning how to, you know, or adjusting 
to me being at home as much as I've been. Um, and, you know, I really feel like we just got into a sweet spot a couple months ago where I didn't feel like I was driving her crazy. And, uh, <laughs> and she was, she was able to kind of go about a, a normal day with me being there. That sweet spot's hard to find, but it's nice when you find it. It is. It is. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, because you mentioned 2015, 16. That was the same year, yeah, you signed with UMG. Yeah. We got married. We went to Mexico for like a, a kind of a short honeymoon. I think she had this idea of like, you know, this big, long, relaxing honeymoon, but uh, it was only five days. And then I left. I flew. We actually flew back separate. She flew back to Nashville and I flew to Florida to start our radio tour uh, right off of our honeymoon. So, wow. I mean, we, we dove right into it. Yeah. Wow. That, that is pretty crazy. So let's talk about this almost maybe um, the new song you got, which like congrats on the success. It's flying up the charts and I love it. Big fan of the, on the way for the fourth consecutive number one. Knocking on wood. Baby. That's a big deal, <laughs> man. That's a big yeah. deal. Uh, but I do want to talk about the music video, obviously. Um, got Hannah B, a friend of mine. And, you know, obviously we're from, from the same show and everything. How did that come about, man? Like, what was that like the label idea? Was that your, like, how did that work? Do you watch the show? <laughs> I do. Oh, do you watch the show? Okay. You know, I, I love Hannah to death. I think she's sweet as can be. And um, I met her at Cease, I think, two years ago. Or the same age when she was still uh, on Dancing with the Stars. And, you know, I told her because my mom is, is a huge fan of Hannah. And um, and I told her that and told her we were pulling for her on Dancing with the Stars. And that was the same season that Lauren Elena was on. And she kind of made a joke. She's like, yeah, right. Y'all are all cheering for Lauren. Like, you don't have to lie about it. But uh but, you know, I, I got to meet her that night and then just kind of stayed in contact with her over Instagram, you know, I, and she told me she was a fan. And, you know, every once in a while I would show that she's listening to music and I would tell her thank you. Um, when we started talking about the video, I kind of had that idea. I was like, what if we reach back out to Hannah, see if she wanted to be a part of it? And that almost like within hours, this was the craziest thing. She had done like a Q&A or something and somebody asked her if she would ever want to be in a music video. And she said that she loved growing up watching CMT and would love to be in a music video. That would be awesome. Oh, wow. So as we're having the conversations about reaching out to Hannah and seeing she want to do it, I start getting a lot of messages from her fans being like, Hey, Hannah Brown wants to be in a music video. You should put her in one of your music videos. And I was just like, wait a second. At first, I was kind of creeped out because I was like, is there like a bug in this room that like, <laughs> is that, like is, did this okay. somehow was, uh, you know, so I seriously just sent her a, a DM on Instagram. I was like, hey, Hannah, we're looking at the Almost Maybes video. Would love to have you in it. If it's something that you would think, you know, want to do, I can get in touch with my management. We can go about it that way and whatever. Not really expecting to hear anything back from her. But I mean, she got right back to me and was like, I'd love to do it. Uh, and was actually very instrumental in like the planning of it and the whole storyline. Yeah, it all started with an Instagram message. That's pretty cool too that like you guys were, you know, allowed, I guess, her to be part of like the concept too and stuff. So like you, you like from the ground up, she was kind of in that and then helping mold it. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Tracy directed it and uh, it was really weird to shoot a music video over Zoom or, uh, well, plan a music video over Zoom because of the right. pandemic and stuff. But uh, it, I, I, she was she's obviously very driven and very like knows what Hannah wants, and and it was pretty cool to see her 
plan out a few scenes and I kind of just got to the point. Where I was like, well, I don't know. Hannah's doing better at this than I am. So I kind of just get out of her way. <laughs> That's great. You got to work with Pete Trace, man. Dude, he's the man, dude. He is he's done a lot like, of stuff with like Dan and Shay, a lot of guys. Yeah. He did our, my uh, slow dance in a parking lot video. He directed that. And to be honest with you, like anything we need done in that realm, he's, he's our first call. And we'll bend over backwards to get to get Pete Tracy to do it. Did Hannah at the time when you reached out to her, was she dating Adam? Or was that like she was like, hey, by the way, like I'm gonna go public with like my boyfriend, like right when your video because that was perfect. No, timing. I mean, I know that's what was crazy, but that was like no, no planning on that. Like, you know, nothing. Yeah, I didn't even know that because Hannah shot her parts in middle of December, and then I shot my parts beginning of January and then she flew back in and we did like the last scene, you know, the parts with us together. So I didn't even know he was in it until I was talking to her and she was like, I believe the extra that was supposed to be in that scene either was feeling sick or something. And so he was, he was out and Hannah asked him to come in and fill in as the extra that's why. Um, cool. Luckily, they they seem to be doing great because I was like, yeah, man, this is so crazy that like, <laughs> which is also yeah. uncomfortable. And I know for Hannah too, probably it's like, hey, I know we probably just we probably we just started hanging out, but would you like to jump in a music video with me and propose <laughs> and have me deny you uh, on camera? <laughs> that is kind of a weird conversation to have. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally I remember watching it like Hannah announced her boyfriend and then the video and I was like Jordan Davis is a genius I was like this is like the best like promo ever and, and, and it, it probably looks that way but literally you know I had no clue about it so. yeah just roll with it man just be like yeah, yeah. that was all me man from I'm masterminded all just puppeteer yeah. back here yeah exactly <laughs> I, I've watched that. It is a really cool music video too. Like I said, I love the story of that song and everything. So congrats again, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of want to get into also like, I always love people's stories and like how they got into music, their big break, all that kind of stuff. I know you graduated from LSU with an environmental science degree. Is that right? Yeah. Environmental yeah. science. It's helped me out a lot now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You use it on a daily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I grew up in a family of, of just with a huge love for country music and uh, my dad wrote songs around the house and was always singing. My mom played piano, but my uncle was the first one to move to Nashville and start writing songs. And he had some success with Tracy Lawrence in the nineties. So that kind of put the occupation of being a songwriter in me and Jacob's mind. We were able to see somebody that was having success at that. And it just kind of lit a fire under me and Jacob to take it a little more seriously i think at the time we were still kind of had plans of working in oil and gas I, I just never dreamed that that would work out for me but you know I, as i graduated and started working in a few different jobs I, I just really wasn't happy with it and my brother had already made the move to nashville and was writing songs and i just got to that point where i just kind of felt like I, it was something i was going to regret if i didn't make the move so i, I moved to nashville when i was 25 24 25 which is technically late, you know. Yeah, I would say that is kind of late nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but man, just met a lot of great people and, and worked really hard. But, you know, I also had a lot of doors that opened up for me. And, 
and met some great folks. But uh, but yeah, it was definitely something that I never thought was going to be a, a career path for me. That makes it that much sweeter, though. You know, like it makes it that much sweeter when you obviously went to songwrite. Like you were a songwriter. What is your songwriting process? I always like hearing musicians like their the artist process. I'm weird in the sense of like. I think of the lyric first. A lot of times, like I'll take just an idea. Like if somebody says something, I'll either put it in my phone or I'll just like chew on it for a couple of days and think like, well, man, what's the easiest way to write this? And I'll kind of go through whatever title it is. And I'll think of like, in my opinion, what would be the easiest, the quickest way to get this song started and finished? And I think it through and then I just totally throw it out. And I'm like, all right, well, that's that's the way we're not doing it. Oh, and okay. Then I kind of start chewing on like, what's a different approach to it? What's a way that somebody could read that title and then listen to the song and be like, oh, I didn't expect that, uh, that turn or how that turned out. And then I kind of start going through the process of like, all right, who do I need to bring that title to? And I have a ton of songwriters that uh, I'm with two of my favorite co-writers this morning that when I get that idea, I know who to bring that title to that can make the most of it. And then that's when we bring in guitars or tracks or something once i kind of have it honed down so i try to have an idea at least started in the direction of where i want it to go before it gets in the right room it doesn't always work out that way sometimes it still shifts and goes different spots but uh, yeah. that's kind of my first steps in the process i love that so you basically write a song and it's good but you're like this is a song that people have heard before. This is a song that somebody else could have done. You throw it out and you create something different with those same lyrics that's pretty cool i mean and i'm sure there's other people that do that as well it's just it's it's worked for me. Have you felt like quarantine has helped your songwriting ability, or do you find yourself even busier now? You know, you obviously had like a newborn and everything. I think that it's it's it has in the fact of like I've been able to kind of like slow down and take time on songs. And you know, we we have an EP coming out really soon. And the best thing about quarantine is being home and and having everything kind of taken away from you, like. You know, we no longer had the shows and mm. um, and I'm a different person than I was at the start of quarantine. I've kind of had a, a, a mind shift, you know, just to work. The, the world's changed. I hope that my outlook on everything's changed coming out of this. Some of this music is going to kind of reflect, uh, I think, the change in me as a dad, as a father, as a person mm -hmm. coming out of not being able to play, play music for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we've kind of, I'm not the same person I went into COVID as, as I am now, you know what I mean? So I feel like not only as yeah. like, as people were changing, but the world. So it's, I'm super excited actually to see what like music is going to look like coming out of quarantine and what kind of songs and albums and things like that. Cause it's going to be different mood to say the least, you know, coming out a little bit. So yeah, I was even talking to some buddies yesterday about like, just on a personal level of like now it's like, what positives do I take out of this? And like, I was, I was too busy. I was running myself wild, you know, before all this happened. It was almost like it couldn't have happened at a better time for me personally. Mm. Um, obviously, I wish it would have never happened because a lot of people lost their lives to it. But like, I just kind of tried to take a bad situation, learn something from it to where like now coming out of it, it's like, all right, dude, don't let yourself get that busy. again. Don't invest so much in the things that now that they've been gone for a year that you're like, oh, I could have done without that, you know, mm. but um but it's been it's been good on that on that front. Yeah, I think it's a good check for a lot of us to like on our priorities. You know what I mean? It's like you can hustle, you can burn yourself into the ground, but really like is that necessary? Do you need that? You know, do you want yeah. that even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about how uh you were twenty five, you in Nashville, some doors opened up for you. Do you remember that big break, that big moment where you're like, wait a minute, 
I can do this, you know, like I can make a living writing songs and singing music. I think that, you know, when I signed my, my publishing deal, which is just the songwriting deal, and I was able to quit my bartending job and just solely focus on writing songs every day. I mean, that was a huge moment for me. But whenever I, whenever I was officially offered a record deal for somebody that moved to town with that never even on the radar, like never even thinking that that was a possibility. That was kind of when I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like legit. Like these people really think I could do this. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, then it was kind of like as excited as I was, I was kind of like, you know, nervous and effective. Like, all right, dude, well, now you got to go to work, man. Like, you, yeah. you got to write better songs than you've ever written in your life. You've got to get used to being on the road half, three quarters of the year. What what is that like to you? Because it is hard. I think a lot of people don't understand like the stresses and the pressures that come with like life on the road. Everything's just this big party, but it's really yeah. not. Like, how do you cope with kind of being on the road away from family and friends, that kind of thing? Man, I, I I'm such like a routine guy. Like, I have to get up and try to get a sweat in in the morning. And most of the time, we're either writing or we have a, you know, some interview stuff. Or you know, if we have a show, we will have meet and greets and VIP stuff. And while that's all going on. You know, you still got a life back in Nashville, you know, your wife trying to get you to check in on stuff on this and that. And that. And uh, so for me, it, it really is just like sticking to a routine of like, all right, from 7 to 830, I'm going to try to get a workout in from 10 to 12. I'm going to focus on stuff I got to get done and back at the house or in town. And then once three o'clock hits out on the road, the interviews and meet and greets and VIP stuff starts going. I mean, you're working until the end of the show. So I wish it was like what people think life on the tour bus and the road is. It'd be a lot more fun and a lot easier. But uh, yeah, man, I've got to have my my routine of, of focusing on stuff and just trying to stay sane because it is a grind. Yeah, it is a grind. I'm a big routine guy too. Like I'm the same way as you. Uh, but now that I've, you know, the last like, couple of years, I've been able to like see kind of more behind the scenes. And I used to be one of those people who thought it was a big party, man. <laughs> now I see yeah. like, man, it's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. you're, you, and you usually are like, at the you know six o'clock you're doing this seven o'clock doing this seven forty five you're doing this you know so it's it's a lot more work than people think yeah you have that itinerary posted everywhere on the bus backstage everywhere and and I think too it's like you know artists get kind of like you know this diva people think like oh that guy's a diva but like really all it is is like one of those things gets messed up you know we're sleeping in a bus bunk you're like dude why did that happen like this isn't how it's supposed to work like I'm supposed to eat lunch at twelve because if I don't then I can't eat because I have this at one thirty this at two thirty. And it's at four. So like, there's probably been some times where some band guys have been like, God, Jordan's acting like he's king of the mountain over here. And it's like, no, because I'm not going to be able to eat lunch. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, life on the road is hard, but there's nothing like, and we talked about this, I'm sure you're missing it, but there's nothing like getting up on that stage, you know, and singing to your fans and everything, man. When was the last time you played a show? I think we, we're coming up on a year. I believe March March 17th was maybe our last, our last like tour show. Wow, so. man. Almost a year of it being being away. I bet you were ready to get back. Do you have anything like kind of yeah. on the books right now? Right at the end of the tunnel here, or you know, we're I kind of get had myself stop looking at my show calendar just because like thing we get put on there, and I'd get excited, and I would you know start making plans, and then they'd be like, hey, that's getting pushed back, and so finally I just kind of told them like, hey, let me let me know about three weeks out before we're gonna if we're gonna play this show. <laughs> But it looks like, you know, I think in the summer, it looks like, you know, it could be promising for us to get back out and, and do it. But um, 
but yeah, it's I'm, I'm I'm counting down the days to whenever that day is. We're counting down the days to go to a concert. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What is like one of your favorite places to play? Like, do you have like a certain concert or venue? Because I was going to ask. Like, obviously, you know, we're partnered with uh, the Grizzly Rose, and you've played there a few times. If you have any like great memories of the Grizzly Rose, so y'all like, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to y'all. I mean, it's tough to beat the Grizzly Rose. My most probably my favorite memory is when I found out that we sold it out two nights in a row. Like, that's like a kind of a stepping stone moment for us for me just because that was the rose and then there's another place out in california it's a venue that i've been first of three at then direct support at and then a headliner at and uh and and that's only two venues and and the rose is one of them and we were able to do two nights at the rose so man it's that's a that's just a special place for me we always have such a blast i'm not just saying that because i'm talking to y'all that really is a special <laughs> place got that belt buckle yeah, man yeah. if you sold out to two nights you got the two belt buckles and i got both of them hanging up at the house i got like the black belt buckle for the two nights and then the other one yep. yeah i mean it's a you walk in there there's a lot of people that have, they've played it you're yeah. in that small little back green room and you just yeah. see all the all your all the backstage like guest passes or meet and greet passes vip passes like all on the refrigerator right there mm-hmm. it's pretty wild everyone has gotten their start there yeah yeah i kind of want to get into what's next for you and you know what you want to leave behind as far as music and we'll do that uh next hi jordan man so what do you want to leave behind when people say like you know jordan davis what do you want them to say man i grew up such a fan of songwriters um like I, and that was my first pull to Nashville. I fell in love with country music because of, of the radio. Now we drive around with my dad and listen to Tracy Bird and Doug Stone and Tracy Lawrence and all those guys on, on the radio. And I just remember thinking how cool it would be to have one of my songs on the radio. So it's awesome to have the radio success and I'm very, very grateful for it. But I also want to make great albums, just top to bottom. And I want to do that by hopefully being a great songwriter and something I work at every day to, to get better at. So to me, I think it's hopefully my music lives a lot longer than I do, but I hope that it always comes back to me. And I was a good songwriter just because I know and how high regard I hold guys like John Prine and Chris Christopherson. I'm by no means in their realm, but um, you know, I hope that people just, just view me as, as a, as a really good songwriter. So what is next for you? Do you have, I mean, we kind of talked about any dates on the, on the board and, you know, you know, hopefully come summertime, hopefully, but is there anything else kind of in the works for you? Anything you want to let the fans know? Yeah, we got a brand new song coming out in a couple of weeks awesome. and uh, we've got an EP coming out in about a month. Excited about that. But also uh, I have a collab on this next EP that I'm really, really proud of. Um, I can't let who it is yet, but uh you could tease it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, a, I'm, no, I'm a major. I'm a major fan of him, and uh, he's pretty well known. So, uh, <laughs> as, but yeah, it's a song that means a lot to me, and uh, it means even more now that that he wants to be a part of it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear that one. Awesome! I'm pumped. Can't wait out. to hear That'd it. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're currently in the studio right now working on new music, right? Yeah, we're gonna be putting the finishing touches on uh, on a couple other songs today and and have this thing ready to uh start rolling out here shortly so maybe one more day but today may be the last day in the studio for us wow that's great 
That's a big moment. That's yeah. like awesome, man. That's like a champagne pop uh, moment. Yeah. We're going to have some Basil Hayden dropped off here very shortly, just oh, in case today is the last day. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Congrats. That's yeah. great. That's cool. So where can everybody find you as far as like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff? Yeah, Jordan Davis Official. JordanDavisOfficial.com or uh, Instagram, Jordan Davis Official is kind of where I, I try to keep up with the most. I'm, try, I'm I'm learning this TikTok thing, but uh, I'm go. still an I'm an Instagram guy. <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah, and before we get you out of here, you mentioned you are a Bachelor fan. What are you thinking of this season? Do you have any favorites? How's Matt doing? Man, I think he's doing well. He's a uh, I gotta say, he's a sharp Bachelor. He carries it very, very well. Like you know, I think that. Uh, but uh, I got I got to get uh, tuned back up to it. Uh, we have been fairly busy with music but uh i should have texted my wife because my wife hasn't missed a second of it uh <laughs> but i think he is it seems like he's he's carrying himself very well and, and i hope that everything works out for him yeah no absolutely i, I agree we, we both love matt as the bachelor i think we think he's doing a really good job especially for never being on the show before man they just throw him uh, in sink or swim yeah, dude that's yeah like yeah. And, and and doing doing a really really good job at it Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. That was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, guys. Thank you all so much. Congrats again on all the success, man. Can't wait to see what's coming for you. Yeah, we can't wait to see you again on stage. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world-famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.